All right, guys, you're tuned in to the Talk and Shed podcast. It's been a little bit since we've recorded one, but uh, if this is your first time, uh, we certainly welcome you here. Um, we've got uh, Adam and Cody here in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Cody, what's up? Oh, not much. Just a nice August day, a little warm. August, huh? Or August. Wow. October. Okay. October, yeah. Today October day. is October yeah. 4th. Yes. Yeah. October. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, it it is a beautiful October day and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's some guys starting to, to cut beans. Um, Mm -hmm. things, things are starting to roll. We'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, Spe- speaking of cutting beans, your dad's running the combine cutting beans. Right I know now. it's kind of scary, that crazy. Yes, and you know, for those of you listening, you might think, "Well, what's so crazy about that?" Well, not much, but usually Grandpa's running that combine. I mean, you will not get him out of that seat. Mm-hmm. But I think Dad may have pulled a fast one on him today. <laughs> Dad, yesterday afternoon, all he wanted to do was get this Salford tool hooked to the semi. Because Grandpa's also our delivery driver. A lot of you guys know that. Mm-hmm. And Dad had Grandpa going on a mission today to deliver this Salford. It had to be done. Well, I think Dad, I think that was his way to get Grandpa out of the combine. <laughs> and so now Dad gets to run the combine all day. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, and usually if Grandpa ain't in it, Ryan's in it. And Ryan had some type of a meeting or something. No, so. he's running wagons. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's in the Deutz running wagons, and gotcha. uh, Dad's running the combine. So. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah. We, Ryan's got the the seventy two fifty hooked up to grain wagons, and yeah, running. Heck yeah, running uh, TTV up and down the road. Yeah, uh, dumping beans. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's that's uh, an interesting deal there. So yeah, they're cutting beans, and uh, I don't know how they're doing. I haven't really heard, but. Um, yeah, dad's in the combine. So your dad acted like they were anywhere from sixty to seventy, somewhere good. in there. So. Yep. And then hopefully he still has got uh some combine and left in him here in November when we do my double crops. And your sunflowers. Right. So <laughs> we'll see about that. That'll mm-hmm. be an interesting deal. Yep. But uh yeah, a, a lot going on uh in the equipment world, a lot of the same and, and some some different stuff too. Um, you know, the last podcast we, we had recorded um, was with Josh Wells, the mm-hmm. Deutz territory manager. Was that before we went out to Farm Progress? No, that would have been after. Okay. Yeah. It was right after Farm mm-hmm. Progress. Yeah. Yeah. He so, was here that week after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Farm Progress was a heck of a time. It was. That's a beautiful show to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We went out there for the day and we... Uh, we had a good time for sure. So. Yeah, you can see so much equipment, and um, you know it's nice and wide open. Now, if you're hungry, um, you're gonna wait in line <laughs> for a long time for food. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So we got, either that or they'll run out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I ran into one vendor that ran out, but mm-hmm. on the first day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So other than that, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think in the last podcast that we did, Cody. You had talked about how you you finally sold that first Deutsch tractor. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Any updates on that here? Uh, yeah. So now we're up to three. Nice. Yeah. So we've basically been 
I would quote unquote put us as far as a dealer since I would I would consider it the middle of January or uh, July. Yeah. Sorry, my uh my dates are pretty We're aware. I'm confused evidently. We're aware. But, uh, no, uh yeah, so in like the last two and a half months we've sold three of the Deutsch tractors. Awesome. So what was the last one? Uh so uh the last one I sold it was a power shift uh sixty one fifty five. So that's a six cylinder Deutz, uh hundred and fifty five horse, uh just a simple power shift, kinda like what you would see in like a, a seventy seven thirty or a seventy one thirty, you know, in that seventy range as far as being compared to like a deer <clears throat> on that side of things. Yep. Um that that's a pretty slick tractor and the guy is very impressed with what's it. he going to do with it uh so he that's going to be strictly his baling tractor so he's got it hooked up to a vermeer baler with uh silage knives and uh so he's got that hooked up to that and that's going to be basically strictly his baling tractor sweet so that's a nice upgrade mm -hmm. and uh so you went out there and did a demo with him and yeah yeah i did the demo here yesterday and uh it for him, it was a considerably big upgrade considering he's upgrading from a 4430 going into this. So okay. it was a, a quite the quite the upgrade. So good. Uh, but no, he he. I mean, I went there the night before to just kind of give him a test run on everything as far as you know this, this, and this, and he never once called me or anything nice. like that. And and, and uh, that was a farm science lead. Yeah. Right. Yep. Correct. That's awesome. Mm hmm. That's so, good. So yeah, so that was that was a good lead from there. And farm shows still alive and kicking. If the, if that's what you want to call it, yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. So which I actually we we sold more out of out of farm science this year than what we have in the last two years. Yeah, and you know that that was going to be a topic of discussion here today was the farm science review, and um, you know we did we did things a little differently this year. In the past, we had demoed equipment pretty heavy down there, mm -hmm. and we pulled out the demos all together. Mm -hmm. It's so much work and time. It takes two or three guys out of the booth for three hours. Um, you know, you may or may not get people out there to the demos, and even if they do like what they see, you're still going to have to demo it on their farm too. Right. Um, so uh, I don't think you're gaining a whole lot of ground. I think you have more to lose than anything. And so we just decided just to – uh sit out the demos and mm -hmm. i didn't miss them much no i, I enjoyed mean, being I, in the booth i think i think for us i mean every one of our customers that is in ohio usually tries to make it to that show and there's a lot of those guys even in ohio that we've never met right you know it's basically all just been over the phone and stuff like that so you know i think i feel like for us it was more it's it's always more of a social oh, gathering definitely. for us definitely but uh you know overall i think just just for us in general i think it was just the right move yeah you know we didn't have a whole lot you know it created less trips for for grandpa to make there and back and forth yeah. I, I overheard kyle and gary talking we put over two thousand miles on the semi yeah for farm science yep just heading back and forth to london so you know that's not even including trucks that made it down there right you know so, i drove back and forth a few days right and you know and and i would you know that was just equipment right you know, driving it back and forth so you know that's a lot whenever you sit back and really think about it and 
you know, add probably three more trips to get some of those tools down there to demo and yeah. all that stuff. So, yep, it was great. You know, the weather was awesome. And <clears throat> we do a mailer where we mail out a little postcard. And if you bring the postcard to the booth, you get a free pocket knife. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate to know how many pocket knives we handed out. Oh, it was a bunch, it was several hundreds. Yeah. Um, so that was fun, you know, had a lot of exist, existing customers come up and turn in their postcard. We'd mm-hmm. give them a knife and, and uh, shoot the breeze about some equipment or, mm-hmm. or whatever in the world's going on. So, yeah, it was a great show. No one was really in the field yet mm-hmm. and uh, had an awesome crowd. Weather was great. Yeah. So, yeah, it was. It really was. And, you know, Lee and Dave are there. Oh, yeah, the Salford guys. Mm-hmm. And, and then we got to hang out with the Surefire uh, sure point guys yeah. drew yep. and drew and uh, that was fun what, what's the, i'm trying to think of the other one's name but dave's uh, buddy yeah dave's buddy i can't think of his yep. name right now and uh, we stayed there at deer creek lodge mm-hmm. that's a nice place but yep. yeah had a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and then since then you know uh through you know september and october here um we we've been busy yeah um let's talk about some of the projects that we've done uh, here in the last few months or couple months, you, you've got a uh, 24 row uh, anhydrous bar, three point, yep, yep, 60 foot magnum. So we've got a 60 foot magnum bar, 23 row uh, magnum bar that's going to be heading out to Iowa here. Um, the bar's built. We just got to get the cooler and the plumbing and all that good jazz on there. But uh, yeah, no, I I talked to uh, I. I've been talking to that guy for probably about two months now. And uh, they decided to pull the trigger here about two weeks ago, right before Farm Science, I believe, is whenever I sold it. So, yeah, we're going to take two coolers and time together. And, yeah, hopefully it puts out what he needs it to put out. So I've got a eight-row Ag Guru bar that will be in here any day. Mm -hmm. That will be making strips here this fall. Yep. Montag cart mounted on it. Mm -hmm. That will be pretty neat. Tomorrow you and I are heading to to ottawa to yep. to go set up uh, my eight row maverick bar that i sold here uh, over the summer yep yep so. everything we've been talking about and and selling in the last six months it's now all mm-hmm. going to be coming to fruition and hitting the field here yep. here this but, fall fertilizer <laughs> spreaders and you know i i said that we i felt like that we sold more stuff out of that out of farm science this year well that eight row maverick bar actually came from farm science from last year okay that's where i first originally talked to the guy yeah so oh yeah it's amazing how that stuff comes full circle mm-hmm. and, for oh, yeah. sure yeah so there's been a lot of those different projects and uh you know right now we're heavy into fertilizer spreader season because mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of beans are just starting to come off not too many guys have dove into corn yet around here cover crops but cover crops have been pretty huge oh yeah recently um you know it, it, it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like it's all taken off and one thing that we didn't hit on over you know farm progress uh salford released a new cedar a new cover crop cedar for yes. the halos yes so uh you know we've been we've kind of got our first eyes on those and they're a little different yes um, we're trying to actually get one on a 20 footer right now so that's a project that we're working on so Devin's working on getting the skeleton put together so yeah yeah there's a lot that goes into that Mm -hmm. um yeah we had a we've had a big run of Salfords um Mm -hmm. and you know I think I think guys are really starting to catch on and learn 
the the Salford difference. It, it's a big deal, and it's not something that you can just walk up and t- and just tell someone. You've got to see it. You've yeah. got to show them. Their neighbors got to run it. Once they experience that, man, it they'll never own a different tool again. I mm-hmm. I just talked to Seth today. He asked me if we had any 2200 20 footers laying around. He's got a guy who used to own a 570 HD. Mm-hmm. Went to some sort of deer tool and wants to get back to Salford. Yeah. He wants a 2200 bad. So so yeah, um you know I've done some demos. Well, we've both done a lot of demos here. As, as soon as we were done with Farm Science, uh, I started placing my first demos so mm-hmm. that as soon as those guys were ready to roll, boom, they could run. They weren't waiting on me because who knows when it's going to turn off wet Yeah. and all of a sudden we can't demo this fall. Last year, heck, we demoed in December. Yeah, we were pretty fortunate last year. Yeah, and who knows if that's going to happen again. Right. So we right. got to get these demos in. We got to get them done. Mm-hmm. All these, all the stuff we've been talking about, yeah. and so we've been doing a good job of of turning and burning on some <clears throat> demos. Yeah, I mean, your dad was talking about doing another fall demo here this year, or like field day, field day here this year, and I'm like, man, um, I think we got awfully lucky last year. I don't know if I'm, if we'll see if we'll be able to again, but hopefully. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully we're able to get another one in for sure. But uh, no, some quite a few 5200s, some halos, oh, yeah. some... The well, VRTs have been big. Yeah. I mean, yeah, geez and Pete's. I, you know, I've got a VRT or a 20-footer over in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, just sold one last week um, up in Grover Hill, Ohio. Yep. If, if you watch our YouTube videos at all, you need to check out that video um, they traded in a tool that was doing a lot of ridging, just wasn't getting a good finish that they wanted. And uh, they tried out that VRT and could not be happier with what that tool's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, they that's, texted you today on it. Yeah, they told me how well that thing's working for them. Mm-hmm. Just creating a nice, smooth, flat bottom with no ridges. And uh, that's there's so much versatility built into that tool. What, there, uh, nothing wh- you can't do. What, do you have, what did you have that tool set at? Where? Like degrees wise, when, when I you, first ran up there, whenever you were running it. Well, when we first ran up there, it was probably the hardest field I've ever demoed in. Oh, okay. I mean, it was it was from wheat. Oh. Okay, so they harvested the wheat. Yeah. They burnt off the weeds, mm-hmm. and that was it. Well, they, they spread chicken litter on it. Yep. Well, what was happening, or what what made it so hard, is that all summer. There was nothing covering that bare ground. Just sat there and baked. It just sat there and baked. You know, you think about wheat fields or corn fields or bean fields. Mm-hmm. They can get hard in the fall, but they're all still blocking the sun from hitting the bare ground for the most part. Right. You look at a, an open wheat field that's been cut, you know, an inch off the ground, mm-hmm. and uh, it was crazy. I could not believe it. And so I, I was a little nervous how it was going to go. It took a couple passes. And we ended up landing on uh, actually max max blade angle. Really? 15 degrees. Okay. Yep, it shocked me. But I think that stuff was so dry uh, that it it just blew apart. You just needed to throw it more? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you you just weren't getting enough action at any less of a degree. Mm -hmm. And we actually had to take some weight off the baskets to then transfer that to the blades. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. because it was so hard right and but man, just to try to get that thing to penetrate yep. the correct way once yeah. we got that thing dialed in though it, it took me probably 10 15 minutes to really get it set the way i liked it mm-hmm. 
it was it was good yeah it was beautiful we would dig and it was a smooth flat bottom um yeah there was there was not much to complain about on that deal good so good so yeah and, and the awesome thing is is that you were able to run it in the hardest field possible oh oh man you know? yeah the next day i went down to a guy who purchased a 25 footer and he says if it works in this field it'll work anywhere and i <laughs> i wanted to say well you should have seen what i was running in yesterday <laughs> um but yeah we took his bean ground that he was spreading uh chicken litter on and we just we turned it into dust i mean just broke up all that residue leveled mm-hmm. it out made it pretty i mean that that's going to be a nice seed bed for him this spring planting corn well i remember last year we ran that thing in some bean stubble and oh it's it's crazy it is crazy it's silly and bean stubble yeah yeah i mean it does good in corn Mm -hmm. but i love it when a guy tells me he wants to go try it in beans yeah i i just grin yeah um under my breath because i just know it's gonna blow anything Mm -hmm. away so it's just gonna perform yeah way yeah so and not only that we've been doing some 5200 demos as well 5200 is a big deal i mean you know i don't know that there's record yields floating out there on corn but there is a pile of residue and we got to manage that stuff and and that is the 5200 lift Mm -hmm. flip bury and level yeah um that tool is the ultimate you know it 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 doesn't have the chisel points, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, those chisel points can, sure, they can dig deep and break up some compaction, uh, but they're going to bring up dirt that doesn't belong on top. Right. That dirt that, that belongs 18 inches below the ground, mm-hmm. dirt that you don't want around your seed. Right. And not only that, but it's going to create uh, channels in which that heavy equipment's going to sink down in in the spring. Yep. And you're going to drive across there and you're going to create ruts and you'll say, well, shoot, I'm going to have to chisel that rut out of there and you'll chisel the rut out. And mm-hmm. then the next spring you'll, you'll run it over it's and just you'll, gonna be your planter will sink down in that rut and you'll say, well, shoot, I'm going to chisel that rut out again. Mm-hmm. And, and you just get into this cycle. Yeah. The 5200 does that mixing, does that turning, the cutting, the leveling, without having to do that you're still going to have that hard bottom six inches deep yeah and that's the beauty of the 5200 and mm-hmm. that, that's what a lot of guys don't realize with that tool um they they feel like they have to have that deep chisel yeah and uh you know mother nature's pretty dang good at, at breaking out compaction yeah um even in mild winters you know you're going to get that stuff broken up right um so mm-hmm. yeah 5200 is where it's at yeah for and, sure and we're, we're going to move some of those tools this fall yeah yeah i'm pretty confident on that too yeah. i mean you know i i ran the 16 footer in 275 bushel corn residue what was that last Two, friday yeah last friday i ran that and that and granted i plugged it up a couple of times but once i got it set and got it figured out i, I didn't plug once after that right yeah you know? you, there's some playing around with that tool that that you got to do mm-hmm. um, to get that done. For sure, for sure. And once you get it figured out, I mean, you know, that there's a reason why Larson's talk the way that they talk about it. You oh yeah, know, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely a game changer. Once you get that thing to bury the residue the way that you're wanting to bury the residue, I mean, you know, I, I'd put it up against some of these guys that irrigate some of this corn and right you know doing some seed you know some seed corn and burying some seed corn where there's a lot of residue left oh yeah yeah i know 
I've got a 25 footer out that we built there a couple months mm-hmm. ago. You've got a 25 footer sold that'll be here. And then mm-hmm. there's another 25 footer coming yeah. uh, here for fall. So that that's by far the most footage of 5200s we've ever had mm-hmm. in a long time. And, and we've got a good candidate on this 16 footer too mm-hmm. that we've got here in stock. So yeah, it'll be good. We've had a great start to the fall mm-hmm. so far, moving some tractors, uh, moving some cover crop seeders, moving a bunch of tillage. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it's been great. We, we could use a shot of rain. Um, but, uh, you know, if it wants to be a dry fall, I'm, I'm fine with that too. Cause yeah. then we need to get this crop out of the field. We need to get ground groundwork <laughs> done. And it just seems when that happens that that whole winter is just great. Cause for sure. Cause guys can go to bed knowing that they've got that done and you wake up and it, it's going to be a, a perfect spring. Cause you had all fall to get all that stuff done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for sure it's, it's a great deal. Um, yeah, the, uh, we're, we're getting a lot closer here to moving into the shop at Wabash. They're doing a lot of construction. Yep. And, uh, so our warehouse facility is almost complete here. Yep. Um, so I say almost, I mean, you're probably a couple months out yet, but in the construction world, that's close Yeah. when it takes For a sure. year and a half. But, uh, so that, that'll be exciting mm-hmm. to get, to get our parts moved down here. It's going to be heated. Hopefully we can get that done before it gets too cold. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'd like to think so. I mean, yeah. you know, this weekend it's supposed to be a low of like, uh, low forties. Yeah. You know, so it, you know, it, it's not quite freezing yet, but you know, it's still going to be a little chilly. Um, I, I'd like to think here, maybe by the end of October, we might be able to get into that or at least start shoving some parts in there. That'd be right. okay. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think, uh, what do you think you're seeing out of guys here? You know, prices have fallen a little bit. You know, back in July, wheat harvest, it was, you know, $7. We're down down considerably. Corn's down. But I've been talking to some guys that have dipped into their into their crops, mm-hmm. and they seem awfully optimistic. I mean, I think a lot of these guys had a lot of their stuff contracted from last year. So as far as what they're diving into from last year, or, you know, what they're diving into this year, they've got a lot of it contracted, so... Well, I think not only that, I think it's the bushels. Yeah, that too. I, I mean, mean, you know... You know, you're talking 200-plus corn oh, and 70-bushel yeah. beans. Right. Um, you know, bean price is still pretty strong. Right, yeah. Um, so everyone I've talked to that have, <clears throat> that's either chopped silage or started cutting beans, they're like, so how quick can you get me that Salford tool? Right. Yep. And, and we've talked to so many people and that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the summer drag is you talk to those guys who are like well we'll see what what the harvest brings mm-hmm. you know we'll see what kind of corn we have out there and then they dip into it and see 220 240 yeah, 210 sure. and they're like okay yeah yep. uh we probably better get that thing in here mm-hmm. and uh and so that's what i've been seeing um, yeah I, i've been seeing a lot of the same i mean it's pretty optimistic yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell whenever guys started getting into the fields just based off of traffic of phone calls. Yeah. And and that's the same in the springtime. You, you definitely, you know when guys are getting into the field. I mean, you know, here soon, you know, it's going to be applicator and planning season. Right. And, and we're not even through harvest yet. But, 
you know, it's still going to be there yeah. whenever we get there. Yep. It's just a matter of getting there. And, you know, that's like, I, I sold an applicator this week. Well, that's yeah. the next piece on his, on his farm. And yep. He's good with the combine. He's yep. good with his grain cart and, and his planner's probably taken care of. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, shoot, I, I, I need to get that applicator. Yep. You know, need yep. to get a better one of them. He, he's basically making what we're seeing a lot of is making that switch from anhydrous to liquid. Oh. Everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Yep. Everyone. Whoever needs some uh, good anhydrous equipment, we've got it. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've got some really nice used bars out here that are. Oh yeah. It seems like, you know, I know anhydrous is still used in the southern half of Ohio and Indiana, mm-hmm. and then of course you get into Illinois and Iowa region and mm-hmm. several other places. But, um, man, here locally or even you know the northern half of Ohio and mm-hmm. in Michigan and Indiana it's a lot of liquid it's it's went mm-hmm. it's gone um but there's no there's no doubt that the corn loves the anhydrous but oh yeah for it's, sure it's kind of that ship has sailed it mm-hmm. seems but so um why why do you think guys are are really transitioning over to the spreaders you know we've had a lot of chatter about bbi spreaders i sold one today um you know why why is that you know i've got a lot of guys who just i don't know if they want to uh either obviously they want to do a better job or if they just want to be able to uh have more more options when they're purchasing fertilizer i think it's a big combination of both to be honest with you i mean you know, having the ability to spread your own lime and your own dry fertilizer is pretty, pretty, it makes you pretty, you know, pretty versatile as far as what you can do in your operation. And, you know, you know that you're going to be able to do it one in a timely fashion to whenever you want to do it. And two, you're going to hopefully be able to do it more accurately than what the co-op does. So, you know, I, I think a lot of these guys are just trying to get away from their local co-ops and hiring it out and doing it that way. I mean, you know, we can run numbers on, you know, on a thousand acre field and run a Liberty across it and shoot, you'll have that thing paid off in right. Not no much time. time. I mean, no time. Especially so, you start talking 120 foot spreads. Right. Exactly. I mean, you can cover a lot of acres in a very short amount of time and get it done in a timely fashion when you want it to be applied, not waiting on him to get it done for you. Yep. And I would say, yeah, definitely. It's going to make you, uh, give you a better option as far as buying options. For sure. You're going to be able to go and shop. You're not going to be tied to that local co-op that he already knows that he's, that you're going to rent his spreader, have them apply it. Yeah. And, and they're usually a little shorter staffed and maybe drug out a little longer too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, if, if there's a, maybe a smaller to, to mid-sized farmer who, mm-hmm. who's just like, you know what, I want to, I want to spread that fertilizer whenever I want to, Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that's, that's a great advantage, mm-hmm. uh, for him just to keep that in house and, and not have to worry about anything. Right. And you know, I, I hinted on, you know, being accurate, you know, you can about point out every field that the co-op went through in the spring whenever winter wheat comes up because you'll see the streaks you'll see you'll see green streaks out there yeah i'm not sure they're too convinced or not too concerned about flat spread patterns 
No. Um, you know, no. Gunkelman and Lee always say there's there's a couple rules when you're spreading fertilizer with a co-op, and mm-hmm. and one of them is leave full and never come back with product Empty. in the tank. Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. um, they're they're going to put it on somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, right. Exactly. And you know, I, I think you're just. I think guys are figuring out that you can just get more bang for your buck, and especially on a variable rate. Uh, machine you know you're you're going to paint just like you if you were planting right you know so it's going to paint the field just like if you were planting or running the 28 bar or whatever you're running you know so you know what you covered it's going to shut it off automatically so i mean i think for what it's worth and how quickly you can get it paid off i think a lot of it is is just kind of being a no-brainer for guys right yeah. You know, and, and, you know, the, the high clearance market for us has really taken off as well. Yeah. You know, I guy, think it'll continue. Yeah. I mean, guys trying to do different options other than just liquid. And I think, like you said, I think that that driver of being able to go out and get a different form of, of nitrogen is going to be really beneficial to some guys, depending on the area that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, if you had to, uh, we'll do some Fox pro style questions here from John <laughs> Collins. Uh, if you had to use, if you had to farm a thousand acres and, and use one BBI spreader, which one would it be? Thousand acres. Yep. Where am I farming at? Well, right here in Ohio, right here in Ohio. Uh, for me, I think it would be. It would probably be a, a Grasshopper HDR. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, it, it's still going to be a self-contained unit. I can still spread lime with it, and I can go into a standing crop if I want to. Okay. So I would be able to follow. So why wouldn't you go with the Magna Spread Plus 12-footer and do 120 feet of fertilizer? I think if you're a 1,000-acre farmer. I don't know if it's going to well, be... Well, Bex has given this to you. <laughs> you don't have to pay for it, Cody. I, I, uh, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's in the Bex catalog, and you're just circling one, man. Right. I mean, you know, the the only benefit for me, if, if I was doing it, you know, I feel like you'd want to be at like that 1,500 to 2,000-acre yeah. type guy in order to get you into a 12-foot magnet yeah. spread. I mean, in my you opinion. know, you're... You're knocking on the door of a hundred thousand, I think, on that spreader. Oh yeah, especially so, if you get both sets of tires for right. that. So, um, so if you go with the Grasshopper HDR, you know, you're talking right around sixty or something along right. those lines. So, yep. you know, I, I feel like that's going to be the better bang for your buck and give you all the options because I almost said Liberty HDR. Yeah, it was, it was in between those two. Oh while I yeah, was thinking about it, and uh, I feel like that Grasshopper HDR would be the better one for your dollar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so you're farming this thousand acres. Mm-hmm. Um, what what one piece that's on our lot, not necessarily on our lot, but that we sell, would you buy? You can only farm. You've got the tractor, but uh, something to put a hitch pin in. What's your one thing that you're going to buy to farm with? Uh, well, I'm going to have to have a three hundred. 40 horse you already have the tractor yeah i've got 340 horse yeah it's probably going to be a vrt if i have to have one piece of okay. tillage equipment yeah 
Yep. If it's one piece of tillage equipment, it's going to be the VRT. Yep. And I, I was torn between that. It, Mine would be. If, a, if I was able to own two. You it, can't. I'm just saying if. If I had all the money in the world and I okay. was able to own two, okay. it'd be a 5200 and a 1200 or a 2200. Oh yeah. So mine would be a 2200 with hydraulic shanks mm-hmm. with a cover crop seed. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I would seed pretty much everything out, well not on 1000 acres, but mm-hmm. on on my farm today, I would seed everything that I would ever grow yeah. with that tool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff. There there's a lot of versatility built built into everything we've mm-hmm. talked about. Yeah. And, and you know, being able to throw a cover crop seeder on that VRT now, That's a game changer. Right. And that's where I'm that's why I said VRT. Yeah. If that's, if one of them things is hanging around here when I get my double crops off, mm-hmm. I'm going to seed my wheat with that. That would be pretty if, sweet. Even though the tractor we don't have enough horse to do it, mm-hmm. we'll just set her, you know, 2 3 degrees and yeah. shallow let yeah. her fly either that or maybe we'll use the 250 doits yeah there you go that'd be all right yeah we'll have to see give us a little more boost yeah, yeah we'll have to see for some of you guys that have followed along or been to the field day i've got sunflowers growing in that field where the field day was we're going to harvest those mm-hmm. so we'll see what that looks like we've got a 653 corn head or a, a row crop head yeah yeah and uh if that thing doesn't fall apart halfway through the field, I'd be happy. Um, well, we were lucky it didn't fall apart on its way here. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is true. You hire truckers, you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> but anyway, um, so we're going to harvest the sunflowers. I'm going to put weed in behind those for for sure. I'm going to desiccate those here in the next 10 days. I want to spray them to kill them to get them dried down sooner yep. so I can harvest them sooner and get mm-hmm. that weed in there. Yep. Double crop beans, I'm not sure yet. Um, I'm, I'm toying around with doing wheat again after those double crops, and I know that's crazy. There's a lot of people shaking their head right now, but I'm going to plant that stuff uh, early to mid-November, and my plan is I'm going to desiccate that wheat in June, mm-hmm. and I'm going to spray it once it gets to the certain stage, I'm going to have my double crops back in there again uh, by June 25th Yep, next year. Yep. And then so in that rotation, you're planning on doing all beans? Uh, on the double crops? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm going to do sunflowers again next year. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. master that art. Okay. Tony Grody's got that stuff down. Like, yeah. He he has got sunflowers the size of dinner plates. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I was mine, up there. I mine seen are like the size of a pop can. Oh, and, they're a little uh, bit bigger than that. They're a little bigger than that. But I, I'm, I'm going to listen to a lot. I'm going to do more. I'm going to do a better job with sunflowers. I want to grow. I want to grow some good sunflowers. They're, you know, I think what would help you. There's a hardy sprayer out there. I do need a hardy sprayer. Yeah. I know. There's a hardy sprayer out there. I used one. Yeah. And I think you may again. It goes back to applications and couple, being able to spray yeah. in, in a timely fashion. You know what? I bet that thing's set up to run just right behind your Kubota perfectly. Yeah. I need to trade that Kubota in on a Deutz. Five eighty. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. Or actually, I need a one forty. Consider well. That one ten out there, man. Yeah. That one ten would be a good one to put behind that. That that'd give you all you need. Yeah, it would. It you would. Know? But so yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm gonna do because we're gonna have a field day again in that same yeah. field next year. Mm-hmm. So uh sunflowers, they're just really unique. Um 
their short growing season, mm-hmm. they handle the double crop arena better than beans. They take hardly any water. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, is there a great market for them everywhere? No, but I mean, for the little input costs that you have, and they're excellent for the soil, yeah. too. Well, we we dug that trench there, what was that? Probably a few weeks back. A few weeks ago, yeah. Um, Three and I a mean, half, four feet down, we were finding roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, those things are um, have a great impact on your soil health. Oh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, they bring a lot of nutrients. Uh, nutrients, not dirt, but mm-hmm. nutrients that are down there in the ground, they bring those to the top. Yep. And it, it does a lot of recycling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Be interesting. Um, I, I can't wait to desiccate the wheat. I'm excited about that. I, I want to kill it early. Sweet. We're going to get that stuff off. Brent's going to bale it. He's going to chase the combine with his baler. And we're going to have double crops in the ground before July 1. That'll it, be awesome. It will happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and stretch that double crop market. Yeah. And, and still maintain a good wheat yield. Yeah, I mean, you know, whenever, it, you know, we talk about it all the time, trying to get beans in the ground is so crucial, especially in double crops. Oh, and every day. If you could gain yourself, you know, we're probably talking, trying to gain ourselves, what, 15 days? Yeah, if I got them in the ground, I planted them July 8th this year. Yeah. Um, if I can get them in the ground, you know, every bit of before July 1, we would obviously be clear in eight mm-hmm. days. Yeah. And that's a lot, mm-hmm. especially when they're out of the ground in a day and a half. Yeah. That's a lot of difference there. Yeah, you know, for you're, sure. You're, you're talking a week longer of flowering, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. Well, right there in July, too. I mean, the days are so long. I mean, you're talking yeah. it's daylight from 630 to 9 o'clock at night. Yep. So, I mean, you know, all the IBUs that you gain just in that week. GDUs. Or GDUs in that week's time spread is. Yep immenseful and yep. the growth of those things yeah it's so yeah we'll see it'll be interesting to see what the heck happens especially with the double crops i've got going this year mm-hmm. I, I don't know i don't know a few weeks back i would have told you they could be 40s or better they're probably 30s yeah i would say you know mm-hmm. we haven't had water we got a shot of some rain a chance of rain i should say tomorrow but i don't think it's going to be much yeah so mm-hmm yeah, um, our next farm show is going to be the Fort Wayne Farm Show. They've canceled the one in Indianapolis. Um, Which is a darn shame. Su- super disappointed about that one. We sold baby eye spreader out of that. Well, it, last it, year, it was. It's always terrible weather, and again, it's just more miles, and, and mm-hmm. so um, we won't be seeing you guys at that show. Um, none of you probably went there anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's rolling and. Uh, it's it's kind of on the brink of chaos probably right now because uh, we're, we've got most of our equipment to the field that needs to go, but now it's getting all this stuff rolling. Yeah. I've been getting probably half a dozen phone calls every day on troubleshooting Valmar cedars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to start troubleshooting BBI spreaders. You know, hey, my spinners won't spin or my meters won't turn or... This is the sensor isn't working and can't get my chain to turn. Yep, and so we'll fight through those together and and keep you up and running. Don't be afraid to call. So, um, yeah. Anything else good? I'm I'm uh, getting ready to to sit my butt on a sandy beach here soon. I'm leaving Friday. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm kind of jealous. Yep. To be honest with you. Yep. Leaving on a little short trip to to Florida quick and. Uh, 
in just three days. Yeah. I'll be gone. Be right back. Yeah. And uh, and then when we come back, we'll see it's deer season here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It, it has been now for over a week. Yep. I'm planning on going this weekend with how cold it's going to get. Yep. So, so where I'm going to go, I'm not sure yet. So but. the deer hunt stories are going to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, I've turned it up a notch this year in uh, interestingness, I guess. That's not a great word, but um, <laughs> I'm going to be shooting a recurve this year for mm-hmm. the first time. So um, With wooden arrows. They're not wooden. Well, They've got a wood finish on yeah. them. They're carbon. But, uh, Chisel tip. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. I'm likely going to miss a heck of a lot more than what I hit them, but we'll see. Um, on the coyote hunt front, uh, things are starting to pick up there. We haven't still on a dry spell here, probably about six-month dry, dry spell. Um, February is when yeah. we killed. Yeah, so I went out last weekend. I had one respond. Um nothing nothing really happened probably went downwind and we tried I, to go out earlier last week too we yeah went wednesday and yeah didn't see as anything. as fields are starting to open up we're going to start sneaking out there more and more so the deer hunting and the coyote hunting uh talk uh mainly talking about how cody misses is going to increase here in the future so but <clears throat> That's all I've got, I think. You don't um, get the opportunity to shoot at them, so I'm sure you'd miss them. Well, I can't call them in and shoot them. You know. I hey, mean, I, it, you know I what? guess I you could. Always, you always complain on missing big deer because you got target panic. Well, I guess. I, I miss coyotes because of target panic. All yeah, right? well, so. well, we'll cross that bridge. But uh, mm-hmm. thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And uh, be listening for the next one. We're going to have... Uh, Probably, you know, Dave Gunkelman or, or Josh Wells or someone like that here in on the next one. Maybe we'll sneak Jeff Worley in here uh, for one. So we're going to have to make a trip if we're going to do that. Yep. So, well, everyone, thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Thanks, guys.